This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we've got a jam-packed episode, including interviews with student-athletes and coaches from eight different sports. It's the height of fall sports season, and we've got it all covered. Coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The Bates football team lost a 27-24 heartbreaker to Wesleyan on Saturday. The Bobcats got on the scoreboard first, and they retook the lead in the fourth quarter on quarterback Brendan Costa's second rushing touchdown of the game. But Wesleyan rallied and then held off Bates, earning the narrow three-point win. Despite the loss, the Bobcats turned in an impressive performance, with Costa completing a career-high 26 passes in 32 attempts for a career-high 303 yards, and a touchdown. Senior associate head coach and offensive coordinator Castavius Patterson breaks down the game. Coach, let's start with what really stood out to me was Derek Marino and Sean Bryant both had 100 receiving yards. I was going through the box scores through the years. I can't find the last time two base receivers had 100 receiving yards. What makes them such effective targets for Brendan Costa? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is that both of those kids are big, huge targets that's been together a long time. Uh, they've been in the same re uh, receiver unit uh, the last uh, three years together. And also they've had the uh, luxury of playing with Costa, which I think now you're seeing that maturity and that chemistry between those guys are starting to pay off. And, uh, and Marino, I'm just, you know, just very proud of considering he got off to a very slow start in his college career. And now the emotions and the, and the passion that this kid is playing with is unbelievable. So there's no coincidence he's having success. He's, he's more focused and determined than he's ever been in his career. And then Sean Bryant, you know, he just he just one of those guys that just gets better week in, week out. Um, and he'll always have a moment like, wow, did he do that? Um, but he just one of those guys that just keeps showing up and he keeps ascending and ascending week after week. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for both of those guys, and I'm very excited about them and, and their future here at Bates as we move forward in 2021. And it seems like Acosta, when he has time and he can, he can find them over the middle for chunk plays, right? It's not just dump-offs. Yeah. I mean, one of the things is uh, I think we wanted to emphasize a lot was protecting our quarterback, keeping him clean. And if we could keep him clean, we, we got all the confidence in the world in our receiver unit. Um, we, we feel like we have a very good unit here at, at Bates College. Um, and it's a very interesting time for us to take advantage of the skill that we have at the receiver position. And I know we have several kids out there that can make plays. And, and now you're starting to see different numbers appearing in games and stuff like that. So we're, we're very happy uh, where we're at. But I think the biggest thing is if we can keep Costa upright um, and, and, and he can make every throw. I mean, I've told people time and time again, you know, he has an impeccable arm. His arm strength can rob any kid in college football at any level. Um, we just need to keep him clean so he can show it. And then the biggest thing with him is just doing the things that he's coached to do with his feet, with his eyes, and just going through his progressions. And if he can do those things, those kids get open for him. I mean, they're, they're at the point, like I said now, they're ready to take over games at the receiver position. We just got to keep our guys clean and, and keep him clean and just make sure our receivers are playing consistent. I know you guys were down a couple running backs there on Saturday. But Wesleyan also just threw the ball constantly. It seems like neither team was really running it that much. Uh, were you expecting that coming in? Yeah, I think uh, what, what, what people with us probably don't realize is that we're week to week. Uh, we're, we're a different outfit week to week. And based off of the opponent's uh, strengths, tendencies, and looks that they give us, we're, we're more so in ex into exploiting those type of looks and, and matchups and stuff like that. So every week it does present a, a different – um, outlook for us, you know, um, some weeks, some people are going to do some things in the front seven that's going to dictate that we we throw the ball a ton, and then some people are going to do some things in the back end that dictate that we're going to run it a ton. So I think it's really just based off the opponent, their defensive structure and their defensive personnel that dictate what we're going to attack and what we're going to do to them. I know you're focused on the offense, but uh, any comments on like, you know, I, I thought the defense played, you know, pretty solidly. Wesleyan used two different quarterbacks, gave you a lot of different looks. What do you think about what the defense was able to do? Yeah, I thought the defense did a, did a really, really good job, and I think our defense is on to something special. Um, I think one of the things is we just got to be consistent and just deny a few big plays. But other than that, our defense is playing lights out football. I'm happy with where, they, where their guys are. Uh, we have a few freshmen, young guys are in and out the mix, so we have a, a mixed bag of veterans and 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 uh, underclassmen that's in the mix for them. But but the biggest thing that I'm I'm noticing with them is just the chemistry and the energy that those guys are playing with. That's unbelievable. 
uh, right now. Our, our secondary is, is playing very competitive football. Our linebackers and our, and our young defensive line is holding up. They're, they're proving to be very stout at times. And, and uh, going into it, we know people would pick at them a little bit, but I think they've, they've done some things to make people have a, a, a change of heart about how they attack them, how they're being viewed, you know. But I, I'm very happy with where our defense is playing. I think they're playing very, very good football right now. I think we just got to cut out a big player too. And if we could do that, we're going to be in great shape. I mean, I'm happy with what Hooks and Bowman and Adams, I mean, uh, Cal Boy and all those guys, yeah. how they're playing football. And, you know, Jared Sato was a freshman, all of them. They're, they're Jack Ryan, they're all of them. I mean, I can't call all of them names, but they all are playing fantastic football. I mean, George Hopkins with an unbelievable hit. That almost right. probably that probably almost got me in a lot of trouble in the, in the press box. I went from being a, a coach to a fan real quick, but <laughs> but I, I really like the excitement uh, watching our defense play, the energy, and watching them pop people. I mean, and just fly around. I think they're a very uh, athletic, fast, entertaining group. You know, to watch. One thing that did hurt Bates on Saturday were, were the penalties. Uh, unfortunately, one called back a, a spectacular kickoff return by Muhammad Diawara. The fans weren't happy with some of the calls. I don't know what your thoughts were after watching the film, but what were your thoughts on kind of, unfortunately, all, all the penalties called against Bates? Yeah, well, the one thing is, uh, the first thing I did when I came in, you know, after the, the meeting, I had a coaches meeting. I talked to the coaches and said, we need to have a meeting. And, um, and I said, we need to figure out why we're getting all these flags, you know, make sure that our kids that are understanding the rules and stuff like that, make sure that we're helping our kids understand the rules of why we're getting these violations. Um, the crazy thing is majority of those flags are, are pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, uh, and I hate to say that, but right. majority of those flags that we've been getting the last few weeks has been accurate. Mm -hmm. I think just helping our kids understand the rules, the details, and it is some uh, with some of the, the cut blocking stuff, there is some fuzziness with the rules, with the mm -hmm. way it's articulated and how it's happening in the real time. There's no instant replay, right. so you can't you can't go back and challenge the call of the official, or the official has no reference to go back and make sure it's the right call. But from from everything I can see, the exception of one or two calls that I'm not going to get into on this mm -hmm. on this interview, um, they, they've been the right calls. We mm -hmm. just got to do the right things on the perimeter with our hands and blocking. And we got to do a good job in the box, understanding if, if, if a guy's engaged and the guy don't cut the guy, you know, it, the high lows. But it's just little things that we can get away from. Um, and then just having an a, a ineligible guy down the field, just 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 feel the awareness of our bodies and, and where we're at on the field and stuff like that. So that's one of the things that was hammered to our kids um, yesterday um, and stuff like that. Um, after the game on Saturday, it was immediately echoed to them. And now that I had the evidence that we had, it was addressed in our Sunday's meeting as well. And and I can tell you, going forward, we will be on that more than anything because it's, it's cost us uh, uh, some opportunities here. And it's also probably cost um, one of our, uh, uh, Muhammad, some special moments. And not to be about one guy because we're not a one, um, we're not about one man here at Bates, but it's probably cost that kid some 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 big time stats personally, some some real tremendous highlight moments. Well, I was going to say that kickoff return is a highlight real thing. I mean, he was hurdling people. Yeah. And, you know, with, with him, you know, he's just bought into just being everything. You know, yeah. here's a kid that came in. Okay, he was he was challenged from day one. Hey, you're gonna start off as a number two receiver, but also you got to adapt the role of at this point you're a veteran, a guy that can play all the receiver positions. So now we're able to move him around. He's open to doing a lot of things offensively and on special teams. And and I was showing. And now what we're seeing is his maturation not only as an athlete but his maturity as a leader starting to develop. He's starting to you know to to evolve in something completely different that's going to pay dividends for him individually and also for our team. And then at the end of the game, obviously a couple unfortunate turnovers. You had two drives were possible to win the game, right? I mean, a, certainly a learning experience, especially for some of the young kids who were playing, right? Yeah, well, the, one of the things we used the model here with our guys, and we, we started getting some, some injuries and stuff. And so we started to have to play some guys that probably was a week out from playing, uh, probably was a, you know just, just a week or two uh, from being ready, ready just with the with the regiment of being a college athlete um, and stuff like that. Unfortunately, one of those kids got thrown into a key moment that had we not had some of the injury had he probably, he shouldn't have been in that situation. Right. But the injuries of our team at that particular position dictated that, that kid had to be in that moment, and and that's the that's the way of the NASCAR. You know, that's unique about the NASCAR than any other uh, any other conference in America. And you can put the SEC in there, you have to grow up fast in the NASCAR. It's not a lot of it's not a lot of prep time, not a lot of practice time, right? Um, and so, and then you don't have a lot of the numbers. So our kids at this at this level, at this form of college football, have to mature and be ready a lot sooner than they would at a lot of places. So kids that who probably are a season away from playing, they probably are gonna play 
12 months before they're ready to play, you know, or weeks before they have to play. And so that was one of those situations where a young kid was in a situation where it had we not been injured or banged up, we don't lose Muhammad, he's not in that situation. Right. But unfortunately, the, the, the way that everything is structured, he had to be in that situation. It's, it's a learnable moment. Uh, I hate that he had to learn it that way at that situation because that's a stain. That's one that we'll always remember, you know, um, and stuff like that. But the one thing he's got to know, those players that did was in that situation, they've got to turn that into a positive, into yeah. a learning experience and create something different for themselves. And hopefully this is going to motivate him to be an extremely good football player now, you know, and, and focus. Certainly. And, well, I mean, you know, the, the record says what it is, but also the, the two of the three games you had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. How encouraging – or discouraging, maybe I don't know. Entering Tufts uh, this week is that? I guess. Yeah, I think it's encouraging. You got yeah. two. You got two zero and three teams that's looking to get into the win column, right? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for our guys is we got to stack success on top of success. We can't have what we had in Amherst. We come out or we we had some success and then we flame out against Middlebury Wood, no show. So now the challenge for our guys is: Are they going to get up? And majority of our guys are from that area, so they mm-hmm. have every reason. Um, to be motivated to go up to Tufts and face a very Tufts team. Not to mention that some of those guys probably on our team probably got overlooked by Tufts or wanted to be on that roster. You know, so it's a lot of motivation for our guys of why they need to fly. And then the other thing is they need to challenge themselves to see can they put another week together on top of weeks. Can they be consistent to stack another great week on top of a week? And I think if they do that, I think everything will fall where it needs to fall for us and stuff like that. It's not going to be easy Saturday, uh, but we don't want it easy either. Um, but the biggest thing for us is stacking success on top of success. And if we can do that, we're going to be fine. And we just got to be consistent in doing it. And I think if our kids bring everything that they had Saturday, minus the flags, right. we're going to be in great shape. So bring the aggression, you know, bring the effort. You know, let's, let's correct the discipline part of it. If we can correct the D part, we're going we're gonna to be in great shape. I think, I think the outcome would be in our favor if, if our kids just bring everything except the flags with them to the game. And we're going to be fine. Sounds good, because Savius Passion will let you get back to game planning. Thanks so much. All right, man. Thanks a lot. The cross-country teams did it again. The men and women brought home the state championship over the weekend at Pineland Farms. Men's head coach Curtis Johnson reflects on the program winning a state championship for the second straight time and for the fifth time in the last seven years. Coach, just give us an idea of how the meet went kind of in general there. Home course of Highland Farms, always nice to compete there and uh, taking home another state title for the Bobcats. Yeah, you know, at first I got to start by saying how awesome it was just to race at Pineland uh, twice this season and to, to bring home this, the state title after uh, not being able to run states last year, obviously. Um, it, me- it means a lot to the guys, and, you know, it was such good energy when we, we got to have – the back to Bates weekend in our own form. Um, a lot of good, a lot of alum family were there, so this was awesome. Um, winning with the women's team is always something that is incredibly special as well. So we're bringing home uh, both trophies are back in our track shed, which is awesome to say. Um, but again, we we're just happy to be back out there. We raced as exactly how we needed to. Those guys, hats off to them, sticking with their race plan uh, because we have less. Uh, notes of what not to do and more notes on hey let's keep doing just that so yeah yeah, this weekend was incredible really proud of the group yeah i saw you in in your office breaking it down kind of with coach ellis uh, your assistant coach his specialty is distance right he's probably a big help coach ellis is awesome you know he he's not only a numbers guy he's literally math uh he's been a math professor so (laughs) he is the numbers guy he's 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 incredibly keen on making sure the workouts and the training fits a lot of different types of runners and so um, you know, as we states kickstarts championship season yeah. and championship mindset. So we're going to have a lot of fun focusing forward and slingshotting off this incredible win. Um, but as you said, Coach Ellis and I were just chatting about that, how we want to shape things going forward. And we're not done yet. I'll put it that way. So we're excited. For the Bobcats, kind of looking at the race itself, I saw Colby actually had the two top finishers, but there's so much depth here for Bates, it didn't really matter. Yeah, and you know, Colby's an incredible team. They're they're nationally ranked as well, mm-hmm. and they're gonna be a they're gonna be a, a big factor uh, in the rest of the season. So um, we don't take that win uh, for granted. You know, that was that was a big win, and um, it was a good reminder that there's gonna be some people with individual studs and front runners, and we have to stick to our guns. Um, we still don't know if we have a front runner per se because we are looking to see that in the next few weeks. So um, when you are a part of the NESCAC, you already know everybody gears up for championship season, right? So we know that the show is just starting and um, 
we're, we're excited to go back up against Colby at regionals and um, some of the other teams. So this will be your, it's the start of something big, hopefully. Yeah, from a race strategy perspective, because I saw there was one runner who I think set the course record. If there's someone that far ahead, it, it might be tempting to try to chase them, but you have to also like, stay within yourself, I imagine, right? Yeah, so first off, if you, if you set the course record at Pineland, it says a lot because it's a very challenging yeah. course. Um, I made the mistake of saying Painland by mistake, but it actually uh, is, we were laughing at it at our captain's meeting, but Painland, um, it's a sneaky, sneaky, challenging course. So uh, we're going to not only gear off that and know that, hey, there's going to be some other challenging courses this season, um, but we're going to know that some of the courses are going to be easy. We don't talk about it a lot, but you have to know how to race on an easy course as well. Um, Again, these are topics we just talked about with our captains, but... Mm. Pineland, we're strong and we're powerful and we like to be gritty. Uh, so when we race on an easier course, we have, actually have to switch gears a little bit. So um, strategically, the guys were right on the nail this weekend. And so we got a lot of good takeaways to, to practice what we preach and, and go from go forward with this. And you mentioned captains. Um, I believe Bart Russ is one of them, right? Yes, Bart Russ, Jackson Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both are incredibly important and in, in not only – leading by example um but keeping the guys humble because when we run as a pack sometimes we don't know who's going to be two three four five six you know so yeah. they are also a part of that top group that shifts a little bit and so they they're counting on their teammates just as much as their teammates are counting on them and uh, we obviously we chat with our captains weekly to make sure we know everything we can about the team's chemistry going forward um, again when your team has so many people running well and racing uh, how they should it makes some really uh, it makes for some tough decisions going forward but that's a good problem to have it always will be so super proud of the captains for how they competed and led the way um, but it wasn't about how and where they led it was just the fact that they knew where they needed to be um, but again um, I can't name who stood out because <laughs> that's 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 what we wanted we wanted to say the pack looked amazing both packs looked amazing, and so it's 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 a fun weekend to build forward. The women's team there as well. I mean, that's gonna be a great dynamic because um, you're both there to support each other in your in your separate races, right? Yeah. So hats off to you know Coach Jay and the women's team. I love traveling to our our cross country meets and knowing that both teams have similar goals. You know, um, and that's a that's a great energy to travel with, and and it, we hold each other accountable sometimes without even knowing. Um, as we look at, you know, we talk about our next few weekends, we're going to be just as pumped to see the women's team compete because we know not only are they number 10, they are, they still have more in them to show it when it matters. So excited to be a strong team, but excited to travel with the women's team who um, is honestly very much so doing something that they may not have done before. Um, so again, I'm I'm a team. I'm Team J all the way. So it's exciting to work next to her and 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 have a great season. And then you mentioned the star of championship season. So you have St. Joseph's coming up, and then Connecticut College after that. Uh, you mentioned before the interview. There's some differences between those meets, right? Yeah. So you know, again, we benefit from the team depth that we have. We have a lot of numbers. So this weekend um, will be our first weekend where we split up. You know, we're not racing, and so. Uh, it's important for the people who are not racing to still be checked in and make sure that the guys who are racing know that this is a good opportunity to prove themselves, to get better, and to factor in later in the season. When coaches don't always like to admit that they don't know what's going to happen, and this is one of those weekends where we, we get excited to race a group and see what happens. Um, St. Joe's is going to show us more challenges, I will tell you that, because, again, these guys look great. Um, Con College will put us up against a lot of our conference and regional foes and so we obviously want to know who we're bringing uh, because that's going to help us solidify championship season. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the main state meet we haven't going to talk about yet? Absolutely. I just want to thank everyone who was able to come there, alum, family, um, and you know it's, it's incredibly awesome to be able to host, let alone uh, host with the people who, who care about Bates programs. So this was the energy we needed to go into the rest of the season. And so it feels like day one in a lot of ways. And that's thanks to the people who made it such a fun weekend. On the women's side, not only did the number 10 nationally ranked Bobcats win the team title for the fifth straight year, the first D3 team to do so, 
Junior Joe Richardson won the individual state championship, covering the course in 18 minutes, 39 seconds, first out of 120 runners. She is Bates' first individual state champion since Catherine Cook in 2017. And she was named NESCAC Women's Cross Country Runner of the Week for the second time this year. So naturally, Jill Richardson is our female Bobcat of the Week. Jill, first of all, how does it feel to be the state champion here in Maine? It's pretty exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just really happy and happy that our team could keep our streak going. And for you personally, uh, what was working so well? You know, you must have felt pretty good. It sounds like the temperature was perfect and everything. Yeah, and it was just fun to be back there again, and I think I had learned a lot from competing there a couple weeks ago. So give me that general idea of how the race went uh, from your perspective. Yeah, we had just talked about like um, improving on our strategies for this time, so I just tried to like keep level-headed and just have fun with it. And um, Curtis Johnson, the head coach of the men's team, was telling me there were a lot of alums there and whatnot. What's that dynamic like? Yeah, super fun. I feel like all the meets this year we've had a lot of alums which has been great and just good to keep connected with them. In general it feels like the alums are very passionate about cross country and track and field. Is that extra motivation for you kind of? For sure yeah it's great to just have them come and cheer us on and I think it just shows like what a great team dynamic that they still come year after year. For the women this was I believe a fifth consecutive state title. You mentioned keeping that streak going I mean how much is there talk about that streak you know kind of heading into this meet each season? Yeah, Coach Jay was telling us that if we got this one, we would have like the most out of a D3 school for that one. So I think we were all just excited to keep that going. And then tell me a little bit about, you know, some of your teammates and the, and the impressive depth there is, right? It just seems like everyone can score for this team. Yeah, it's really amazing. Like, I just feel like there's um, so much, like even past like the top, you know, 10 or whatever, there's just so much potential there and it's really exciting to watch. And I was talking with Tara Eller the other week, and she mentioned that uh, you don't want to emphasize the competition amongst mm. yourselves too much, right? Explain that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Like, well, we always have the, the kind of idea of, like, holding the rope. So the person, you know, whoever's in front of you, they're helping pull you along, but you're, you still have to hold on to the back. So I think that's kind of how we think of it. You know, there's no need to get too crazy about it. We like to be competitive between teams, but not teammates. We've talked about this before, but for those who don't listen maybe to every episode of the Bobcast, going back a couple of years, you mentioned how in high school you, you, you ran for Edward Little, right? Mm -hmm. But you ran with the boys' team, is that correct? Or you ran with a lot of boys, at least. I, tell me about that experience kind of in high school. Yeah, sometimes I did have to run with the guys just because we never really had, like, a huge girls' team. I think maybe one year we had enough that we could score as a team. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I... I always had a good time with it as much as I could. <laughs> and then coming to Bates and, you know, joining the women's team here, how, how cool was that for you as a first year a couple years ago there? Yeah, it was just, I was, like, amazed. I was having so much fun, like, from the first day because um, it it's just such a big team, too. Like, it's not like we have a few women. We have so many, especially this year. So I like it a lot. How does it feel to have the team be ranked 10th in the country right now? so exciting <laughs> i'd like just can't wait for the bigger meets and see how we you know compare against some other schools i think we'll do really well and as good as we've done so far i think we still have like a lot of potential and can keep moving forward and tell us about some of the meets coming up yep so next we have um in a couple weeks we have a big meet at con college so that'll be fun i think there'll be a lot of really good teams there and then we'll have um NESCACs and regionals at Franklin Park, which I'm personally super excited for because my brothers have run there and told me it's fun. So Franklin Park, what's, what makes it fun according to your brothers? I don't know. They just <laughs> said it was like a super fast course and there's like an old like zoo there or something that they said was cool. <laughs> nice. So maybe you see some uh, animals along the path? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> something. Well, so your brothers run in college or? One of them did, yeah. Oh, where at? Uh, USM. When you were going to, into college, did you kind of ask him about the experience of being a D3 runner and talk about that a little bit? Or I mean, I feel like I kind of watched him go through okay. it, so I <laughs> didn't have too many questions. <laughs> yeah. What did you kind of learn from observing him? Um, there's a lot of, like, ups and downs to it, but it always seemed like he came out, like, having fun. So, yeah. Excellent. And then the Connecticut College meet, um, you mentioned coming up, that, that should be a good test, right, in terms of what are some thoughts you have in terms of you know, teams, opponents you might see there perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
we just haven't seen too many teams so far. True. So I think it'll just be good to get out there and see what we can do. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about uh, bringing home a fifth straight state title? I'm just excited, and I think that our team is just doing so amazing, and we're all really having fun with it. Jill Richardson, our female Bobcat of the Week and the NESCAC Women's Cross Country Runner of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. We now go from Pineland Farms to the soccer pitch, where the Bates men's soccer team had a 2-in-1 week in NESCAC action. The Bobcats defeated Bowdoin in Brunswick 1-0 on Tuesday, marking the program's first win over the Polar Bears since 1999. After a loss to National Powerhouse Tufts on Saturday, Bates bounced back with a 2-1 win over Trinity on Sunday, improving the team's record to 6-3 overall and 3-2 in NESCAC action. First-year goalkeeper Bruce David was called upon due to multiple injuries and stepped up in a big way for Bates, making eight saves against Bowdoin four of which came after senior captain Owen Kelleher's header gave Bates the lead. Then he made three saves against Tufts and six saves in the win over the Bantams. And Bruce David is our male Bobcat of the week. Well, I started playing soccer as long as I can remember. Uh, I think it was uh, our local YMCA, our local um, little family uh, sports club. And uh, from there I started playing club. Uh, I quit for a little bit uh, when I joined high school, and uh, I think freshman year, into freshman year, I joined another club called, called Arsenal FC of PA, and uh, from there, that's where I've been playing until I got to Bates. Were you a goalie the whole time, or? Uh, I started playing goalie about probably age 12, 13. What about the position appealed to you? Um, probably that. <laughs> I wasn't too good at the other positions, um, <laughs> honestly, but... Just the ability uh, to, you know, just dive around, um, get dirty with it, yeah. Bates, what appealed to you about coming here? I mean, obviously, for in general, I guess what a lot of people would say is, uh, you know, high academics, uh, small school, uh, community. Um, but, you know, what really set it apart for me from other colleges is I was talking to Coach and specifically the other student-athletes on the team. Um, I really got a sense of... Um, you know, how tight-knit the, the team was and how kind the players were specifically. Uh, just like when talking to me or even when they were talking to each other on Zoom, I just really got that, uh, you know, I really got that vibe from them. Yeah, what was it like searching for a college, I guess, probably in the midst of the height of COVID, right? Yeah, um, you know, applying to college, of course, in the midst of COVID was tough for everybody. And I guess on the student-athlete side, it was that, you know, there weren't as many ID camps. You, uh, the coaches didn't have as many opportunities to uh, see you. And I was just lucky enough that I was able to um, put together the right game film and send it to coach. And that roster spot was not guaranteed, right? So you're technically a, a walk-on and you had to try out, is that right? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the situation was just the uh, coach, um, Shake told me that, uh, yeah, we're looking for goalies. And um, if you want to compete, then... If, of course, if you get in, then we'll take a look at you, mm -hmm. and I guess that's where it went from there. Yeah. You got your first career start there at Bowdoin. What was that experience like? Uh, definitely uh, nerve-wracking. It was crazy to come into the game and just see the totally new level of uh, physicality that it was just so much higher than uh, the club level where I played before. How much preparation did you have for the start? Was it a last-minute thing? What did you know in advance? <laughs> uh, oh, thankfully, Coach um, told me. I think a couple, of two or three days in advance, so I had time to mentally prepare for that and stuff. Tell me about um, one of the saves you made off, I believe it was off a header, a full-length diving save. Take us through that play. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, I guess the ball was whipped in, and uh, it was a good ball, and usually our defenders can pretty much get every ball out, but in that case, um, you know, it was just a good play, and I felt that, you know, it was a expected save, and that's... Um, how I dealt with it, yeah. A header, it can go any direction, so that's just, you can't really sense where it's going to go, can you? You have to react pretty quickly. Right? I mean, yeah, I guess from a technical yeah. sense, just um, as a keeper, just standing taller um, than you usually would because uh, you can't really dive to the, so the ball's like maybe like five or six yards out. You're not going to have as much time to dive all the way to the side, so you got to really rely on, um, I guess, just like a kind of kicking your feet or sweeping motion or, um, yeah, something like that. What's the relationship like with the with your other goalies? I know I think there's four on the team, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, of course, I'm coming in with a 
another freshman, and I think honestly I credit all, uh, a lot of like I don't know how accepted I felt here due to him, and then also the other two keepers are just extremely kind, and we make a really good team, and I'm lucky to have those three keepers as my teammates. Yeah. So after Bowden, I yeah. saw on the tape that your teammates mobbed you. What was that experience like? Uh, so yeah, that was definitely a very special experience because, you know, the games before, um, you know, the goalkeepers would run out to the goalkeeper um, who was in and uh, congratulate them. And I guess I'd never seen that from the other side and um, really gave me an appreciation because I definitely look up to uh, Ryan Manning and Luca Antolini and uh, yeah, it just gave me a really new perspective of um, what it means to play as a Bobcat, I guess. Great. What are some goals you have in your mind for kind of the remainder of the season here as we move forward? I mean, definitely to <laughs> win every one of the games. Um, that's definitely a goal. And I guess coming from the loss to Tufts, we, I think we really cleaned up some stuff against uh, Trinity. And I mean, I guess specifically um, connecting our defense and our attack was definitely something big that I think that we communicated as a team and that we needed to do. And I think that there are, of course, a lot more things we need to work on. But I think that just that, um, I guess that game showed that, um, I guess it gave us a confidence for that we can improve our weaknesses, I guess. Great. What other thoughts you wanted to share about this past week? Um, I guess just as a first year, I um, want to just like I guess express my appreciation for all of the upperclassmen and as well as sophomores who really I guess set the um, good examples for the freshmen. And I also want to thank all the other freshmen because uh, I just wasn't I don't know I haven't been in a group. Um, I guess I was dedicated to um, like a united cause, and that's been really meaningful to me. The women's soccer team earned the program's first NESCAC win since 2017 on Sunday, a 1-0 win over the Trinity College Bantams in Hartford. Senior goalkeeper Kat Knuckles stymied Trinity with seven saves in the win. She joins the Bobcast this week to talk about her decision to come back for a fifth year and her high hopes for the program moving forward. It was honestly a really easy decision. Um, our coach has like created such a new program with such great unity with the girls. And after I decided to take off last winter, that was coming back to the team was just not even a question. So it was, it was really exciting to be able to, you know, play another year. It was disappointing for our seniors last year. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful that I was able to come back. I saw the big celebration after the win there against the Bantams on Sunday. Tell us about that match, a one nothing victory. I saw it kind of early in the first half. You had multiple saves in a row there a little bit. And then after that, it seems like things settled down. The Bobcats took the lead, obviously. Yeah, it settled down actually a lot in yeah. the second half, <laughs> which was – I was pretty grateful for that. Um, but, um, yeah, us scoring was so exciting. You know, it was our first win with this group of girls in the NESCAC. And – my first win in the NESCAC um, as like an upperclassman player. Uh, so that was really exciting. Um, and it was nice to beat Trent on their home turf. It was a good feeling for sure. Certainly. And then um, as, as a goalie, what have you kind of been working on to, you know, develop your game continually throughout your time here at Bates sort of? Yeah, at Bates, well, honestly, a lot of it has been like communication, having to be really loud. Um, work with my back line. I'm lucky I have some great girls with me back there who are really talented players. Um, they make it really, they make my job pretty easy, which is really nice. Um, yeah, and also just kind of discipline is what our coach really emphasizes is consistency and, you know, getting the lifts, uh, getting sleep is a big one. Um, just kind of like taking care of the whole person and helping that develop us as athletes. It's long overdue to have you on the Bobcats. You've been here since 2017, <laughs> but um, take us back to growing up uh, in Los Angeles, right? How'd you first get involved in soccer? Soccer, soccer, I think was kind of the sport that everyone played sure. in the beginning, like yeah. the little AYSO um, growing up, like 
you know, love to kick things. <laughs> and so we're like, let's get her to do that productively. Um, yeah, I started playing um, when I was about four and just kind of like fell in love with the sport. I got put in as a goalkeeper because I was tall and I was really angry about it when I was like 11 <laughs> um, because I was like, no, like I want to be out there. I want to score, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then as I grew up and the position kind of developed and the play got more intense, I like really started to fall in love with it. Um, and yeah, I got lucky to be brought out to Bates, which was really great. Yeah, when did you start thinking, wow, I not only like playing goalie, but I also want to play this in college? Uh, probably around my sophomore year of high school. Um, it was when some girls on my high school team were talking about or were looking to play in college and um, some girls on our, in the club that I played for were also looking at small liberal arts schools and my sister actually went to Colby okay. um, and she didn't play sports there but um, it was like through her that I kind of learned about the NESCAC and the division three environment being a student athlete at a small place and yeah I have no regrets at all. Yeah what about Bates really stood out to you? Um, the community. I was really attracted to the team. Um, I came in for a few summer camps and the upperclassmen were just hilarious and had great relationships with each other and I've been lucky to be able to be on a really great team and form relationships like that myself so yeah. Excellent and then um, for you as, as a senior how do you hope to see this program kind of continue to grow these next few years after you graduate even right you know, kind yeah. of when you start looking back at it as an alum and whatnot. Yeah I think this is just the beginning for us. Um, there is such like a new energy that's been formed like in the four years that I've been here we've like gone through new coaches and so many different girls and we're finally I think coming into what we really want to be as a program and like getting into a point where we can grow to you know like really start winning some more games and like making our name like known out there to be like oh people will get nervous to play baits like um, and something that has been just like outstanding is like the hard work and dedication of like this group of girls and like the belief that we can go really far and like I totally think we can this season and future seasons so great Cat Knuckles thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast really appreciate it yeah of course thank you the volleyball team also got in the win column in NESCAC action over the weekend defeating Connecticut College 3-1 on Friday setter Emma Eide turned in an impressive performance with 35 assists, but she also stuffed the stat sheet in another category. Emma, first of all, you're a setter, but you had 10 kills in that win over Connecticut College the other day. As a setter, when are you looking to possibly get a kill? What are you looking at from the other team to, you know, strategize when you want to try to get the ball over that yourself? Um, just like noticing when they're all frazzled and frantic over there and kind of also an opportunity to give my hitters a break and instead of having them run all over the place, give them a little 10 second rest period, I guess. And what's the best approach for trying to get one of those kills for you? Um, it's just a great way to hype up my team, I think. It's such an energy booster in the gym. I feel like everyone gets so excited. It makes me feel better and it's just, it's just so much fun. I really love it. Great. And then what was clicking for the team in that win over Connie? I think our energy stayed the same the entire time. We had a few, like we would have like a low, like serve, like the other team would get a serving run, but we kept our energy up, kept our chins up, and we really pushed through. I think bouncing back is what really helped us that game. And tell me, take us back to your first year here two years ago. You did get to play quite a bit. I know Julia Panapento was the starter and you rotated in. What did you learn from that experience that you're applying now, finally getting to play again two years later? Yeah, she taught me a lot about leadership and confidence on the court. I don't think I've ever had um, a figure like that in my athletic career before. So it was just amazing to have somebody to look up to like Julia Panapinto. It was an amazing, amazing person and player. I, I still talk to her this day. Yeah, she's just amazing. Well, she's back on campus a little yes. bit coaching softball, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, I know. I get so excited when I see her in the hallways. <laughs> what are some things the team has been working on, you know, to improve throughout the course of the season? I think skill-wise, we have it all there, but as I said before about the con game, it's really about energy and keeping that momentum going that when we do hit a rough spot, you have to bounce back right away, because if not, one point can quickly lead to 10 points, and then it gets it just gets harder for ourselves from there. So recognizing when that like switch is made, and then saying to ourselves, like, no more, let's go like right now. 
and then you played on the same club, uh, in the same club as Alyssa Lowther, who has been a, a star this year as a first-year uh, middle hitter. Uh, what's it like having her now here on campus? I know you didn't get to play on the same team necessarily there in New Jersey, but the same club. Yeah, no, it's just a nice little piece of home I got to have with me. I also have Chrissy Chu here too, which is amazing. But um, uh, we were able to train together over the summer, which was really nice, able to establish that setter-hitter relationship early in the season too. So was Chrissy the same club also? Uh, Chrissy oh. was not, but oh. she we, like lived, She lives like 10 minutes from me also. Oh, okay. All three of us are very close at home, yeah. And she's another, is she a setter also, I think? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So uh, a fellow setter coming up, uh, grew up 10 minutes uh, away from you basically? Yes, New Jersey setters are strong <laughs> at Bates right now. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So um, you told me before the interview that you actually spent your first 10 years in Arizona and then moved to New Jersey. When did you first start playing volleyball? Uh, second grade. My parents were really big on my brother and I playing a lot of sports. I think I've done like a club or a camp of every single sport ever. So um, I just like grew up loving sports and volleyball was the one for me, I guess. Yeah, what, what made it the one for you in your opinion? Um, my mom played volleyball and I really look up to her. So I, I try to follow in her footsteps. But it's just a great sport that you can play year round, indoor and outdoor. So it's just, mm. it's just fun. And plus the team chemistry and the, the cheering is what is really it for me. So what made Bates the place for you coming up from New Jersey? Um, I would say the team chemistry. I think I really fell in love with the girls when I came to visit and just keeping that chemistry going even though as people are coming and going. You played your first year. We had the pandemic year where there were only practices. How did you stay prepared to return to competition here in 2021? So I deferred in the spring, so I'm technically a sophomore right now. Okay. And so I was home for nine months. So I was practicing with Alyssa. I would go to her club practices and then just doing summer workouts and just staying on top of it. So you still have two more years after yes, this? Okay, yes, yes. Okay. It's all interesting to find out who did that and who didn't because, like, yeah, you don't yeah. know. It's a fun surprise. <laughs> Super senior season who's still here. Right. You never know. Right, right. The extra year, I mean, could turn out to be a blessing in disguise, right, I suppose, because you've, you've now had the chance to really work with these, um, you know, your teammates and everything for and some extra time a little bit, right? Yeah, having that extra year I think is going to be amazing because it gives me another year to really establish myself on this team and, like, help like just be a leader for these people and then you finally had your home opener the other week there um it was a while and but what was it like to finally be back on the alumni gym court i missed it so much <laughs> it was amazing to be back and i'm so excited for our weekend home opener on friday and saturday and then uh, bates what are you studying academically math and spanish what about those fields appeal to you um both my parents were math teachers actually so i guess it runs in the family and i really love to travel so i figured spanish was it Gotcha. And so um, are you planning on being a math teacher then yourself? Oh, no. I, I don't have the patience for teaching. I, I'm hoping to go into business or economics. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then what are some goals you have for the rest of the season? We're on an upwards trend, and I would like to see us keep going that way. I think we learn something every single game, and I hope we continue to do that. And it seems like it is um, a fairly young team. There's a few seniors, but it's, it's a lot of sophomores, perhaps, and juniors and first year. So what's that dynamic like? Yeah, we have, well, we have a big freshman class, six girls. So yeah. it's just really working with the upperclassmen to, because we're like half the team's brand new. And yeah. so we haven't had a home game here in two years. So it's like teaching them all the traditions and like the Bates volleyball culture, just welcoming them girls and like having them learn what Bates volleyball really is. Great. And you know, thoughts you want to share about the weekend, including that NESCAC win over Connecticut College? Um, it was just a great game, and I hope I see everybody at 6.30 on Friday against Hamilton. <laughs> That's right. Good plug. Yeah, the volleyball team is home this weekend for NESCAC action, which is very exciting, right? Yes, yes, I can't wait. Excellent. Emma Heidi, thanks so much. Thank you. The golf teams were in action over the weekend, with the men placing fourth at the Colby Classic and the women traveling to Williamstown for the Williams Classic, played at Taconic Golf Club. Bates placed third out of eight teams in the two-day event, led by sophomore Alex Voigt-Shelley, who shot a 76 on Sunday, the low round of the weekend for the Bobcats. She finished in third place out of 48 golfers in the field. Happy to have Alex Voigt-Shelley with us here on the Bobcast, talking to women's golf. And Alex, a really strong weekend for the team there at Williams against some good competition. Tell me your impressions in general about how the weekend went. I think it went really well for us. Um, I was just really happy to be there. Taconic's such a beautiful course, and we were really lucky to be able to play there. Um, and my, I think my, my teammates did really well, actually. Grace um, shot 
uh, 88, which is her best collegiate score, um, best score in a tournament ever, I think, actually, so I'm really proud of her. Maddie played really well first day, shot a 77, also really proud of Maddie, she's amazing. Um, and then Nerea and Mira are just amazing, amazing people, amazing players, and I, th I think we're going to really improve for the rest of the season, and we're all going to be... Uh, yeah, great. And it was just really great to be able to be there with them and to to get third. So it's pretty good for us. So, yeah, it was really fun. Absolutely. And then um, for you personally, you were second after day one individually and Maddie was first. How cool was that? That was amazing. <laughs> that was great. It was great to be one and two. I was really proud of Maddie. Um, like I said, she's just she's such an amazing player and I was really happy for her day one. Um, and to be one and two with your teammate is always <laughs> really great. You feel feel like you're a, a part of a good team. You feel, feel confident going into the next day. Um, and I certainly did. Um, so I was I was just happy to be up there with her. And then Abby Spector, your uh, director of women's golf here, tell us about uh, her. I mean, she obviously was an amazing collegiate golfer at North Carolina and here in Maine uh, during her amateur years. But what impact has she made? Abby is amazing. We love her. She's the best thing that could have happened to Bates Golf. She's um, she really knows us. She knows how to make us play better. She she can fix our swings and everything. And um, she's always just such a big supporter of us. Um, like day one like she got to know us really well um she got not just like through golf but through us personally um and she's such a big for me personally she's like such a big like moral like person who gives such moral support like yeah um on sunday i had bogeyed the 17th hole and I was starting to get down on myself and I was really really wanted to play well in the 18th so I asked her to walk it with me and I ended up birdieing the 18 and it's just because of Abby you know she's she's just great she's such a positive person and I'm really glad we have her this year so that's outstanding and it's nice to finish the round with a on a high note right yes absolutely <laughs> every time I finish uh even with a par honestly yeah. it's 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 a great feeling and um it was just really nice to be able to do that um, this weekend. So last year was a very different season. Now you got second team all NESCAC there um, in the spring. Now you have the NESCAC fall qualifier right this weekend. Uh, tell us a little what you're thinking about this tournament coming up. Um, I'm excited. I'm also nervous. Um, I think like last year they took pretty much everybody because it was COVID and they like there wasn't really a, a lot of tournaments for us to qualify into the NESCAC championship. Um, this year, I think they only take four teams and not a lot of individuals. So the competition is going to be really good. Like we have to play uh, like Williams and Amherst are always really good teams. But um, I think with the way we're playing, like, honestly, I think if we just um, pull together. We practice really hard this next week. I, I think we have a pretty good shot. I think they take like it f with four teams. I think we could get hopefully get in there. You know, it, it's it's a it's a big it's a big maybe, but I th I I'm pretty I'm staying positive about it, and I just want to play my best for myself and my team, and I know everybody else on the team really wants to do that too. So. Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the weekend that we haven't going to talk about yet? I'm just really happy we have a season this year. Um, I've, uh, I mean, last year was great. It was really fun to play with with my teammate Ellie. She's lovely. But um, uh, this year, it's it certainly oh, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more um, to think about, especially with NESCACs and um, everything after that. But I'm I'm really just happy to be able to be on a team and to to play as well as, we, as we've been playing. Um, so I, I'm really, really proud of these girls, and I'm really excited for the spring season, too. The women's tennis team competed at the ITA New England Championships at Bowdoin over the weekend, led by senior captain Anna Rosen, who advanced to the round of 16 in singles play. Rosen joins the Bobcats this week to talk about her time in the south of France, her hopes for the team this spring, and more. Last spring, you weren't here for our abbreviated season. You were in the south of France. Tell me about that experience. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. So I was abroad in Montpellier, France. It was an amazing experience. It, I was super grateful to be able to go during a pandemic and I decided it was the right decision for me because of uh, not having a full season and I wanted to uh, experience the French language and culture as I'm a psychology and French and Francophone double major. So I thought it was the op perfect opportunity for me to go. 
Did you get to play any tennis over there at all? Or? I actually did get to play a little bit on the clay courts over there. It was awesome. That's right, the clay courts. What's that like compared to the hard courts we have here? It's completely different. The surface is super slow, but it was it was a great experience. Yeah. Have you ever played clay before? Yeah, I did a little bit, but the clay is different in North America than it is in Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. And what's the difference between the clay? Um, in Europe, it's red clay, and then over here, it's more green clay. Just color? Or, or? The color, the feel, the way the ball bounces. Interesting. Yeah. And so now you finally get back to Bates Tennis this past this this fall so far. How's it going? You have, you've had the Wallach Invitational here, and you also had ITAs this past weekend, right? It has been absolutely amazing to be back. Everyone is so grateful and working super hard because for the past, I guess, two years, we missed out. So everyone's really, really happy to be here, and it's definitely pushing all of us to work as hard as we can and really put it all out there every single day. So the Wallach tournament was super fun. We got a lot of matches in, a lot of reps. It was the first time we all got to compete in a while, so that was really great. And then ITAs were also really fun. It was it was fun to be back on court with everyone. Yeah, round of 16 for you in singles. Uh, so tell me what worked so well the first couple of matches there. Honestly, it was just, I was just so happy to be back on court and competing. I love the competition and just playing not for myself but for the team for Bates and having coach on court with me was really really motivational and I loved every second of it yeah and they were at Bowdoin for you also right because the men were at Bowdoin the previous weekend and I know they had, they were forced indoors by the weather were you able to play outdoors yeah so there were three different locations and I had a couple matches outdoors and then I actually had a couple matches indoors but I actually happen to love indoor hard courts because that's what I grew up pl playing on. Okay. So it was almost to my advantage being able to play on those courts in there. Gotcha. And of course, we have different courts here. We have the beautiful outdoor courts here at Wallach. We also have the indoor courts at Merrill. Um, the indoor courts at Merrill, probably a little bit different surface than you grew up playing on, right? Yes. I have <laughs> never played on courts like Merrill before. It's definitely a home court advantage, especially after we've been, we're going to be training on them all winter. Um, the courts are super fast, and I know the other teams don't necessarily love playing on them, so uh, it's always fun to have matches in there. How's the team in general looking so far? Ugh, the team has been incredible, really, really good. It's been awesome. Me, Sid, and I are co-captains this year, and it's been really great to facilitate such like a hardworking team environment, and everyone's really here to support each other and put it all out there every single day. Um, I think the team has been the strongest it's ever been. We have some really great first years. The juniors are currently abroad, but okay. so far the team's looking really, really strong. So for you, are you considered a senior now? Or? Yes, okay, yeah, okay. I'm a senior now. Uh, awesome, so what are some goals you have for this upcoming spring? So for the spring, so right now actually something interesting that we're doing is we're running up Mount David at 6.30 a.m. once a week okay. just to encourage us to get through anything really. And I'm hoping for this winter to, when we're in off season, to just put in a lot of hard work because this is when we can really take it to the next level. And especially for me and my doubles partner, Ali, she's a sophomore. It's our first time, this is our first year playing together. And so far it's been amazing. We instantly connected on court. So I'm really looking forward to training with her and like just getting better every single day to so that we're ready to go and be fearless for the season. What's Allie like as a, as a doubles partner? She's she's amazing as a doubles partner. She's super stable. She's hardworking and we motivate each other. We have this spark on court. We like read each other's minds when we're moving and playing and it's been really, really fun playing with her. I'm super excited to see where we go for the season. So you're a senior now and I probably asked you this before, but for those who maybe not remember, don't listen to every episode perhaps, what brought you to Bates initially? What brought me to Bates? Um, honestly, coach and the school and the girls on the team when I visited, when I came to Bates, I knew instantly that this is where I belong. It felt, it felt like I already went here. It felt like I knew the team. They made me feel so welcomed that, yeah, in the academics, of course. What are you majoring in? I'm a psychology and French and Francophone double major. I'm writing my thesis. I'm writing a double thesis. I'm writing my psychology thesis this semester and then my French thesis next semester. So for my psychology thesis, I'm doing it on uh, biculturalism and bilingualism on homeschool dissonance and academic motivation. I'm with a new psychology professor here. Here, I thought you wanted to share about the fall season so far and what you're most looking forward to the rest of the year here. I'm looking forward to just uh, continuing to figure out how 
like each player can play their best game and what it takes for them to compete at their 100% because I know some like for me as a player I'm a slow starter so it always takes me a couple games to really warm up into it so I want I really want everyone to figure out how they can perform their best and what they need to do in practice so that they can compete the same way every single day in practice and matches and just every in everyday life there you go Anna Rosen thanks so much thank you so much we conclude this week's Bobcast by chatting with wide receivers Sean Bryant and Derek Marino from the Bates football team. They did something not seen around these parts very often on Saturday as both players recorded exactly 100 receiving yards against Wesleyan. It's the first time any Bates player has recorded at least 100 receiving yards in a game since Frank Williams did it against Williams with 223 receiving yards in 2016. But after coming through box scores through the years, the Bobcast was unable to find the last time two Bates players recorded at least 100 receiving yards in the same game. Maybe one of our football historians who listen will chime in. In the meantime, here's our interview with Sean Bryant and Derek Marino. Derek, let's start with you. You're a, you're a senior now, but this has been a breakout year for you. What has really been clicking? I'd say just the trust in the whole offense with Costa and the other receivers. I feel like we've gelled very well together this year really trust each other and I think he really trusts us as receivers especially us four besides that that's been a huge key because he knows that if he ever gets in trouble we'll be there and all that and yeah it's been a very exciting year so far haven't been able to pull away these games but I mean definitely an improvement on previous years and you can definitely feel like the connection just like hasn't really been there the past couple years compared to this year so I guess that's a huge key Great. And then, Sean, uh, you obviously had a big games against Bowdoin and uh, Hamilton to finish the 2019 season. You had to wait all the way down 2021. Yeah. What, what's it been like? How have you maintained your chemistry that you developed with Brendan the final two games of two years ago? I mean, we were all just itching to get back yeah. out on the field. I mean, it was such an exciting end of that year. We were able to carry it over. I mean, we were all so excited to play Amherst. Obviously, we couldn't pull that one out, but we definitely showed up for the most part of that game. Um, our biggest goal now is just actually get that next victory. I know right. we were trying to carry over that win streak. That's our biggest goal here. Um, but I think we're really excited for Tufts next week. I know they're a good team, really good program, but we'll see what they got now in Boston. Yeah, certainly. And a lot of alums, I understand, will be at that game probably, right? Yeah, there's going to be there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of people there, I think, because all the guys that visited the game last week for Wesleyan actually said they were going to be down in Boston because mm. most of them are living there now. Yeah. So they'll, we'll have a pretty wide alumni base at the game, I think, which will be fun. Terrific. And, Derek, I think your brother went here, right, Dan? Yeah. 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 What led you to Bates? I mean, I know your brother was here already, but what, what made uh, Bates a place for you, basically? Uh, I was up here like a couple times visiting my brother and just seeing the campus. And, I mean, it's just a, such a great atmosphere here. I mean, the people are awesome and everything, and I just love this campus. Like, I just fell in love with it like pretty young in high school and then – I kind of just knew. I was like, this is the place I want to be. And then, Sean, um, I understand you're coming back for next season. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exciting. And and Brendan's obviously going to be graduating. Yeah. But it's a possibility your brother will yeah. be throwing passes to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, is that something you're really looking forward to? Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've been playing in the backyard since yeah. we were little kids. I mean, me and Brendan have developed such good chemistry, like Derek was talking about, yeah. trust with all the receivers. And that's been a huge part of our offense. Um, but me and Jack have been developing that through our whole life. So... I think that's another really exciting possibility about next year. You guys went to different high schools, though, right? Is that So okay. we both actually did four years at Falmouth High okay. School, and I decided to do a postgraduate year. I was okay. getting recruited by Coach Capone. Yeah. Um, and then that carried over into Holderness while I was doing that. And then when I heard Jack also wanted to go to Bates, we were like, we got to do this yeah. and both commit. <laughs> so it just worked out that way, and it's been fun that we were able to enjoy Bates in the same class, too. So Terrific. Yeah, lots of sibling connections at Bates, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's there's a lot more many or there's many more players in the team that also have had siblings yeah. and parents that have yep. been here. So I, I saw Brendan complete his first pass to his brother. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Chris came over. He's like, he felt so good. Like back in high school, Brendan, it was awesome. Yeah. It was good to see that connection. I'm sure there'll be a lot of that, Chris, coming up next year too. So that was cool to see. You guys just seem to have a significant height advantage on your opponents. It seems like. I mean, you're grabbing catches in traffic. What's that been like so far? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a very talented group. Um, that's pretty evident. I mean, the biggest thing for us now is taking that talent and turning that into wins. Um, that's really our goal here. But it is clear. I mean, we have some, a lot of tall guys. I mean, me, Derek, 
Muhammad and then Jackson's one of the shorter guys, but he's very, very quick and yeah. runs probably the best routes on our team. So it's, it's yeah. very like interesting dynamic we have going on there. Um, but it's definitely nice to get those mismatches, especially against a strong secondary like Wesleyan. So. And then Derek, I mean, you mentioned building chemistry with Brendan Costa. How, how have you been able to do that? Just in practice and also off the field. I mean, off the field, we've been hanging out a bunch, just kind of going over, watching film. And then in practice, I mean, us receivers and the quarterback, like we're just communicating the whole time. We're critiquing each other, like picking each other up, all that, and that's huge. And that's been huge this year, and you've been able to see it on the field with our passing game. I mean, we've gelled so well together, and he has a lot of confidence in us, which is awesome. You know, what was it like in that first Amherst game? Because I feel like, I mean, you hadn't gotten that much playing time, really, had you? I didn't play that much um, freshman year, and then sophomore year I had a big injury that took me out for the whole year. And then so it's it was a while since I stepped on a football field and even strapped up pads. I don't know, I guess it just kind of worked out my benefit and the hard work in the offseason, all that, the recovery, it all paid off and here we are. Yeah, and Sean, you went through an injury also, right? Yeah, it was not as big as Derek's. Okay. Derek had a pretty big hamstring injury. Mine was like a just MCL sprain, so oh, okay. I was able to get through that a little quicker and yeah. sort of just come out on the back end of the last season we had in 2019. So that was nice to be able to recover there. We were all sad when Derek went down because he was having a great camp before that. Um, but I'm just glad that, I mean, for the majority, we've been mostly healthy this year, so it'll be good to try to get our own back. I mean, we want all of our weapons on the field at the same right. time, so be good to get that i mean i know we have a couple guys coming back next week so oh nice that'll be good what's it like seeing derek have this breakout season so it's far? awesome yeah. man. i mean we all know he's so talented like just seeing it all come together for him is the best i mean such a good guy like i i, I think just the best dynamic about our team is we're all so close i mean we have like 20 some guys and we're all like hanging out all the time um so to see any sort of success from any teammate is awesome and I think Derek, we're still waiting for you to get a touchdown, though, right? Aren't we? We're still waiting on that first <laughs> one. But next week. Yeah. He's getting that next week. Hopefully that'll come sometime soon. But if not, I mean, oh, well, as long as we put numbers up on the board. Right. Yeah. And then Muhammad, I saw, unfortunately went down with an injury um, last game. But, I mean, before that, electric, right? That kickoff return was unbelievable. I, I was blocked because I'm on kickoff return. Yeah. yeah. Um, and me and Alex Suni, our job was to create the alley, and that came in, and we just saw Muhammad go by, look over my left shoulder, and he just jumps this kid, and I just took off. I was like, no way am I letting someone tackle him now, and he just sprints up the sideline. It was an unbelievable return. Too bad it had to be called, but right. the block in the back, but that yeah. was a really electric play. He definitely adds a nice dy dynamic to special teams with his returning skills. I feel like once Instagram comes back up, um, I want to post that anyway. Be like, yeah, we know this got called back, but, but anyway, you should watch yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was looking back at the stands. Everyone was going crazy. Yeah. I mean, we had just scored, so to have that happen right after that, it was awesome to see yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we know we have that capability in the coming weeks, so hopefully we'll get him back soon. So, Derek, what do you think the keys are this weekend against Tufts? Um, they're, they're a tough team. I mean... It's been a challenge. It's been a battle. Um, one of our old coaches is actually over there now. I mean, just discipline. I mean, flags really killed us last game. And then just the fundamentals and just, like, carry over what we do in practice to the games. I mean, nothing extra. Everyone's just got to do their job, and I think we'll be all right. Sean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that Wesleyan – proved to us is that we know we're as talented as any team in this league so the biggest thing that we need to do is not worry about our opponent Tufts is a very good team we, but we need to bring our best game every game so I think that's what we really need to focus on like Derek said um, having a really good week of practice is huge for us so getting in the film room seeing what they're like and just getting a feel for Tufts through scout team and all that getting those reps this week great well Derek any other thoughts you wanted to share with us about the season so far that we haven't got to talk about it's been a very fun year for I mean our record may not show, but up on the field, I mean, this year is something that's felt different compared to every other year, and I'm sure a lot of players can say the same. But it, it's going to be exciting. I, get, I think a lot of good things are about to come, especially after how we played last game. Just a few things kind of just shot us in the foot a little bit, and then the flags, but that's something we can fix for sure. So. Yeah, and Sean, I mean, the two home games, at least, you know, that I've seen, obviously, they've been wire to wire, close all the way. I mean, that's... That's a good thing and also a bad yeah. thing because it's more heartbreaking. I know, because yeah. uh, we got to be able to finish. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest part about football games. you got to be able to close people away. Um, but knowing that we're right there is still, like, everyone's so excited about the talent we have on this team. So 
I think our goal going into Tufts is just like we got to have our goal for the week be finish and just like work on that all week. So that's what we got to do from the coming weeks and get wins. All right, Sean Bryant, Derek Marino, both with exactly 100 receiving yards last week against Wesleyan. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another action last week for Bates. The field hockey team scored the opening goal in back-to-back -back games against NESCAC Powers, Tufts, and Trinity, only to see both teams rally for wins. The Bobcats are now 4-5 and five overall, as they did open the week with a 10-0 win over Thomas College last Tuesday. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, expect another action-packed episode, as all the fall sports are once again playing some games. On campus... We have two home volleyball matches this week, with Bates hosting Hamilton Friday at 6.30 and Williams Saturday at 2. Also, men's tennis hosts the Wallach Invitational this weekend. And we'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.